0: Thank you.
1: everybody. Welcome to episode 39 of the Handsome Hockey Podcast. My name is Jake. We are here in the abode of
0: Evan.
1: I love it when that happens. We are in Evan's house once more, no longer in the basement because we are not suffering through the sweltering mass of Death that was two weekends ago yeah, it's only simply hot. I'm still not totally comfortable with this, but it's okay
0: yeah, this is almost I was gonna say almost worse but no it's not it's it's pretty comfortable anything
1: over 80 and I start to go uh, do we need this inside it's it's a little clammy though yeah
0: outside the breeze is nice
1: yeah uh, before we get started on hockey related business today, I just wanted to say something quickly uh, Euro 2021 concluded this morning. Or this afternoon. Eurovision? Eurovision. No, that's... That's forever. Euro, Euro <laughs> 2021, however, the soccer tournament ended today, and it ended with Bukayo Saka, Marcus Rashford, and Jaden Sancho all missing penalties for England in mm. the in the final. And England ended up losing to uh, those who shall not be named, also known as the Italians, because they get shot by uh, snipers <laughs> every four minutes.
0: It's a sniper. It's I have been shot. <laughs>
1: All three of those players happen to be black and because ah. of this we saw a massive spate of racial abuse oh, damn. sent towards them because always. Yeah. This this
0: you know what we're especially allergic to? Racial abuse.
1: Yes. As an anti-racist podcast or a podcast that attempts to be anti-racist, we would be remiss if we did not say something about this. Mm -hmm. And we've said plenty about this, like a couple, I've had at least a couple of rants on this during this podcast. But if your team losing brings out your inner racism, you're a shithead, (laughs) and sports don't need you. You need to go away. Like just stop being a shithead. Stop paying attention to sports. Read anti-racist literature and like try and better yourself, but you can't come back to sports. Like touch if, grass, bud. Yeah. If you tweet racial epithets or death threats or even contact a player in a negative way ever, You're a piece of shit. Yeah. Leave them alone. They're humans who are doing something that you can't even fathom doing. Right. So instead of like picking up your phone with your Cheeto dusted fingertips and sending hate messages to 19 year olds like Bikai Osaka is. Mm. How pissed off I am about this. I'm saying nice things about a player who plays for Arsenal and I'm a Tottenham Hotspur oh, fan. So I, like must, yeah. that's how pissed I am. You must really be hot. You know it's bad what I'm saying. <laughs> think of think of the well being of this gunner.
0: <laughs> You're crossing your EPL Trade trade tra- yeah. lines. <laughs> and you know
1: what they tell you as soon as you join the EPL? Don't cross the streams. <laughs> it's like frying the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Don't cross the streams. And in this case, uh, so like as a podcast, like we just wanted to say, in solidarity with these three players and athletes everywhere who suffer this racial abuse, we stand with you. This is some bullshit. We are tired of having to report on this but the fact that it keeps happening means that the job of this podcast is not done so the thing about this is like all three of those guys are super young and Mm -hmm. will probably lead england to like a world cup final in in a year and then like all these people will be like i always was like number one fan and it's gonna be like actually your tweets live on forever (laughs) Guess what? We got you. There was one tweet that was like, "This soccer kid is all right. He's gonna do great things." And then, like, thirty-four minutes later, it was like him using the n-word. Like that oh, same really? person. Oh. And it's just like, <laughs> "Fuck you." Yeah. If you can't keep your racism in the bag, you can't. You can't have sports. You're just not not allowed anymore. Sorry, Southern football fans. It's <laughs> over. And apparently, English football fans.
0: I mean, England is just the sort of like original. South, isn't that?
1: Yeah, their hooliganism, like, while it makes for interesting and fun movies, is not a particularly welcoming community for, you know, really anyone. For anybody, but especially the other, especially mm-hmm. for those, you know, traditionally uh, marginalized and populations that are pushed to the outsides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? Guess what you do with your fandom? You do the same
0: fucking thing. Mm-hmm.
1: End rant, but like, don't ever contact an athlete or a famous person or anybody to don't contact anybody to say racist shit. Just like say racist shit to your mirror in your bedroom. If you've got to say racist shit, (laughs) like, like point the finger and like, Hey, you're, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but like say your racist shit to your own face and don't hurt anybody else's feelings with it.
0: I'm imagining some like, piously pc person that like is actually super racist but that's just like bottles it in and just like unleashes in their mirror while like weightlifting or something that's
1: perfect <laughs> like they go out into the world and they're like super helpful and anti-racist and they just say all their their racist shit to the mirror like <laughs> i mean that
0: it, it that's a that's a
1: complete farce but it's, it's, it's be- funny it, to think yeah, about it's better than saying it to you know the world this is true and like you're spouse or partner is like elsewhere in the house, cowering in fear (laughs) from the hates viewing forth in the bathroom.
0: Yeah, that that would be pretty unfortunate. (laughs) This
1: is why we got double vanities.
0: (laughs) Uh, You should have opted for the soundproof bathroom. Apparently everybody should have a soundproof bathroom. That's true. That is the fucking (laughs) truth.
1: Thank you for those of you who are listening uh, for letting me go on a non hockey Sort of spittle, spittle flecked rant, um, but we're going to dive into hockey now. The Stanley Cup Finals
0: finished exactly how we thought they would in the last episode, and Tampa Bay won convincingly a gentleman's sweep in five games, taking Game 1 just like they had taken most of the rest of the playoffs with a Andre Vasilevsky shutout.
1: Yeah, there's something to be said about somebody who, or a team slash goalie who emphatically closes things out. Yeah,
0: four straight <laughs> shutouts to close out four different playoff series. It's like so unreal. <laughs> and that got him the Conn Smythe, of course. He absolutely deserved it. You know, there were a couple guys on the team that also probably could have been given the Conn Smythe in Brayden Point or specifically Nikita Kucherov. But as Nikita Kucherov pointed out in his uh shirtless Bud Light fueled end game post-conference Vasilevsky deserved the consmith over the rest of them and then in dep- his opinion a whole lot more.
1: All of the time that you like listen to hockey media folks are like, oh god, these player interviews are so boring, mm-hmm. these player interviews are so boring, and then along comes a unicorn. <laughs> a gift from the hockey gods <laughs> absolutely was Smiling that. upon us in the form of a Nik- drunken, shirtless Nikita Kucherov. I propose every post game interview should be at least three beers deep mm-hmm. from here on out coaches, refs, the media too. management. Yeah. Yeah. I, because th- you know what people would have done if there were three beers deep, they would have fucking asked Gary Bettman about the sexual assault <laughs> ca- cases against the blackhawks. Ron McLean needs to be three beers deep. <laughs> yeah. We'll get there later. Um, whole oh boy. Will we get there?
0: But, uh, yeah, some people are like, oh yeah, he had had a couple, uh, I'm pretty sure there was some hard stuff involved, too. You know, that's not just...
1: He'd been having a great time.
0: Yeah, that's not just 4% beers operating up there. Also, his competitive fire was completely on display. He talked shit about the Montreal Canadiens fans and how they got super excited for... uh, A win. A single win against his clearly dominant team. And uh, it was awesome. It wasn't like it was good hockey shit talking like that's what we expect as hockey players and i think a lot of people love about hockey is this sort of culture of just talking some good shit and boy did he do that you know saying your finals was the last series like
1: oof and he didn't he couldn't even recall mark andre Fleury's name like, yeah <laughs> while shit talking him <laughs>
0: right number one bullshit well, also yeah. forever le- entered into the lexicon of hockey
1: yeah i don't think it's not so much that he was shit talking mark andre flurry it's just that he was up talking andre vasilevsky mm-hmm. but it's definitely a little bit it's it was some shade
0: oh yeah it was some great shade it was yeah. some 1-800 petty
1: like that was great this is this has been my favorite thing about hockey in probably the last month was this incident of like just pure bliss. Uh since that press conference Nikita Kucherov has been absolutely living his best life as he should be. Uh there was a picture of him today on in the back of a boat mm-hmm. holding the Stanley Cup and the Vince Lombardi trophy. Mm. Uh with a like the caption was champa bay number one he's also wearing a shirt that says 18 million over the cap
0: yeah apparently his agent who he shares with uh, i think vasilevsky and a couple other guys on the team made them for them and yeah it's great like it, they should
1: wear them every day for the celebrate rest of their
0: lives talk some shit like this is how this league gets more interesting as uh Ian Mendez and Sean Magandu were pointing out on the Athletic Hockey Show, like, Kucherov's going to get booed when he plays in Mo- Montreal this season, and that will be great. That will be excellent.
1: I, I can't wait to see like what Pat Maroon does with the Cup. Like- <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I'm sure a jet ski will be
1: involved. Oh, look, the, the Stanley Cup will have its own jet ski.
0: Uh, Pat Maroon is... Worthy of a talking point here. And he has now won three cups in three years on two separate squads and, you know, really been a driver of the identity of each one of those squads. Uh, also talking some great shit with his like chicken. Uh, he was, he was calling, I think Brennan Gallagher a chicken and like making chicken arms and then pointing at him and then making more chicken arms. Like that's funny.
1: Um He's the first person to, to win three straight cups since like the eighties dynasty mm-hmm. uh, Islanders teams. Uh, there's the, so much fun came out of this, this, uh, finals outside of the hockey. Which was <laughs> kind of, Like they weren't boring games. It was just like, after the first game, it just felt preordained. Like it yeah. was just like, okay, we're just counting down the days until Tampa Bay has another cup. It kind of did. I'm fine with that. Like I, I mean, it's Steve Eisenman built this team. Like I'm, i'm cool with tampa winning like mm-hmm. um if people want to hate hey that's cool they don't they clearly don't care at all no and as we pointed
0: out you know back when the blackhawks did it tampa tried to close this salary cap loophole and got laughed at by all the other owners so you know let them be the
1: ones to take advantage of it well they get to stick two middle fingers in the air one for each cup <laughs> Um, another cool stat to come from this was Nikita Kucherov joined two other players and being the only people to score 30 points in back to back Stanley Cup playoffs. Who are those other players, Jake? Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky. Only, like, you know. Were they any good? Maybe the two best hockey players of all time. You oh, know, yeah. Those guys? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. That's some rare air then. I mean, well, they're second and third behind Steve Eisnerman, but outside of that, like. <laughs> Wait, Steve Eisers and the player And they're, the both, player, t- and and they're both terrible I- GMs. So, you know, like <laughs>
0: Okay. I was gonna say Steve Eiserman the player, or Steve Eiserman the GM.
1: Both. That is rarefied air, right? Like there's nothing you can't shit on that accomplishment in any way, shape, or form. That's Absolutely not. Insane. Like I was uh, I think it was Puck Soup. They went through like the last 20 or so con Smythe winners and like mm-hmm. their point totals. And like the next highest was like 27 or something like that. And it's just like, wow. Like Kucherov is, he's a special player. Yeah. Apparently a very special person. And he's
0: done both of these playoffs. One could argue not at a hundred percent.
1: Yeah. I I mean, physically. Well, yeah. I mean, people tried to test how broken his hip was the entire playoffs. Yeah. God, like it wouldn't surprise me if he needed another surgery. (laughs) Um,
0: Just knowledge of the surgery caused him to need more surgery because of how many times he was just cross-checked directly in the hip. Like, I was rooting for Montreal, and that was kind of pissing me off. I was like, can you guys stop doing that? Like, (laughs) I don't know. I was
1: just like, "Ah, grow up, guys. Come on, boys. Come on. (laughs) The other, uh, and this isn't, we shouldn't laugh about this, but it's like the fact that the person involved with it was kind of making jokes about it online uh, on their social media presence. I think makes it okay to
0: laugh about it. We're not
1: laughing at him. I think all he can
0: do is laugh about it.
1: Yeah, but uh, so Brendan Gallagher in the same day that he his Stanley Cup dreams were shattered on the ice in Tampa was also robbed. His house was robbed while he was in transit back to Montreal. Yeah, which is crazy. I mean,
0: athletes seem to get their houses robbed way more than I would ever surmise you know at least he wasn't there and you don't have a, a tragic Sean Taylor situation but <laughs> he he takes to TikTok eating a sandwich is that am i correct in saying that yes he was
1: (laughs) eating a sandwich like just kind of nonchalantly so apparently they didn't steal all his food it looks like a really good sandwich oh yeah Yeah. i did
0: not try and ascertain Um, the
1: quality of the sandwich it looked kind of like a like a breakfast sando but maybe it's some like french canadian sort of sandwich Mm. i don't know Uh, it just looked delicious on a croissant Uh, yeah i would have eaten it like after brendan gallagher had eaten i mean (laughs) like if somebody gave me one that's not weird um (laughs) But
0: yep. <laughs> he's just like regurgitating it for you like a like a baby yeah. bird <laughs> or that one wow. SNL bit with Will Ferrell and Chris Kattan doing that.
1: Oh, God, that's <laughs> we don't need to go through this. Again. <laughs> we already survived that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, we don't really have much else to say about the stanley cup finals like yeah it happened yeah it it happened the team that should have won won tampa is clearly the best team yes like hands down unequivocally like i would have loved to have seen them play colorado or vegas and to see if that would have changed the equation and but at all
0: yeah i mean montreal exposed vegas somewhat but one would argue that maybe vegas or colorado might be better suited to play with tampa
1: well even if like vegas had come back in that series against Mm -hmm. montreal and won you're telling me tampa couldn't do that but better because they're a better team (laughs) like
0: yeah if there are any sort of winners from all of this i would kind of think a it's sort of toronto because well they went to a game seven with a team that went to the Stanley cup final. Well, don't um, tell their
1: fans that they, they, they just, they don't need to hear that, but
0: yeah, I mean, their fans are going to do what their fans do and just be weirdo and dejected people. They insane, but also, um, the Islanders, I mean, they went to seven games with the eventual cup champion. Like they're always and forever going to be sort of the second tier club in New York but next year they get a new stadium and like they have a young star growing in Matt Barzel. I think they should sign Pat Maroon as, you know, a
1: lucky charm. You can't see it, but I'm touching my nose in acknowledgement. It's a good idea.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, they don't need him. They already sort of have various iterations of Pat Maroon. Like, isn't Matt Martin basically just Pat Maroon?
1: Matt Martin's a better Pat Maroon. Think, right. That's what I mean. As far as of a player, but Pat Maroon is a better pat maroon (laughs) but i think matt is a little bit better of a hockey player at this point in his career
0: yeah i think so too so i don't know i see like islanders are going to compete next year barry trotz has put them in a great place i don't know if i have any other overall takeaways from the entire playoffs other than bye bye nbc
1: and maybe welcome espn we'll see yeah we'll get into that later So now we're going to dive into some heavier shit Mm -hmm, Um, as we have to. When we started this podcast, we knew (laughs) that we would spend months, all of our summer months talking about the now it went from like brewing to bubbling to the cauldron is overflowing to this is a full blown like scandal Mm -hmm. in Chicago Basically, at this point, we are a Chicago sexual assault cases podcast, and <laughs> the fact that you're getting any other news out of us, uh, you should just be very thankful.
0: Um, yeah, we've become muckrakers, and uh, you know now we're going to start just investigative reporting, everything we can.
1: Yeah, I have no, a, not really. I have an email out to Elliot Friedman about <laughs> uh, a couple to Mark Bergevan about what he knew, and uh, he's. Mark Bergevin responded by saying, who the fuck are you? (laughs) That's a total fabrication. I did not send an email to Mark Bergevin.
0: I know how to do it. You say, uh, what did you know and when did you know it? Right. Isn't that what you're supposed to ask? So in the scandal unfolding in Chicago under the Blackhawks uh, sheltering of a sexual abuser, um, some new developments have happened this past week in that the Chicago Blackhawks have filed motions to dismiss both of the suits brought by John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. Um, John Doe 1 is a former player on the 2010 Cup-winning team. John Doe 2 is a player from Houghton, Michigan, who was abused by this former video coach of the Blackhawks, Brad Aldrich. And the Blackhawks have made both of these motions to dismiss after some time they had been granted to respond in the case. Sadly, after they've filed this motion to dismiss the Poten John Doe two suit. It seems like that one might be in some serious jeopardy. The motion to dismiss alleges that unless that they can prove there was a recommendation given specifically to the school and that it was done knowingly, which we may never actually get to discovery. So basically, unless they can prove that the Blackhawks knowingly gave an actual recommendation directly to the school for a specific job, it. Doesn't look like maybe the Blackhawks were breaking Illinois law in that case. Um, if they only gave a general recommendation letter to him to be used with any job or, you know, what they possibly did, which is simply confirm employment like most HR savvy places do these days, the fact that they allowed him to go on to coach at a high school and abuse players there uh, likely doesn't violate the Illinois law. And that sucks, but I think it just exposes the gross deficiencies we have with our legal system and its ability to prosecute sexual assault and harassment cases like this.
1: You know, all of this comes from, you know, the Blackhawks are obviously trying to get these suits thrown out in court Mm -hmm. and the Blackhawks came out and said, you know, we actually don't have a legal obligation to say anything about this sexual assault case or about these victims because we're not legally obligated by law because there's like, three protected groups or something like that Mm -hmm. if brad aldrich had had um officially like assaulted sexually assaulted one of these three protected groups they Mm -hmm. would they are they then become mandatory reporters but because this young hockey player doesn't fall into one of those three protected groups they they weren't legally obligated
0: i mean we don't know that it's a young hockey player if we're talking about john doe one the the player on the 2010 team i mean well, this could be Mary and Hosa, you know, like
1: <laughs> well, under the age of 60, which is the one of the protected groups. Correct. Yeah.
0: And yeah, that's that's the other motion to dismiss that they've put out in court was was also to deal with the John Doe 1 suit. They've asserted that yeah, they don't have duty to report the abuse because it was perpetrated against an adult and the adult apparently is supposed to make those decisions even though they're under clear duress. And they also allege that the suit should be filed under the Illinois Human Rights Act and Illinois Workers' Compensation Act instead of in civil court like it is now. And they're arguing that the statute of limitations was only two years and that they have passed, which to me is kind of insane. We know that trauma takes a long time to come out sometimes, especially when it's very complicated, you know, sometimes exists in a gray area. And a lot of, you know, Brad Aldrich has abused seven players, to our knowledge. Only a couple of them have fully gone through the process of giving statements, pressing charges. A lot of people have wanted him to just go away and prayed that he wouldn't abuse again. And obviously he did.
1: Well, it's especially difficult to deal with that trauma in like a I don't know what a normal timeline would be, but like in a, a timeline that fits within that statute of limitations, when the team mental health doctor is telling you that it's your fault. Yeah,
0: right. If you're getting gaslit, that would probably, you know, put me in a position to just think about something for two years before I did anything. Like if you don't know who to trust and you don't seek legal counsel right at the get-go when you're being abused absolutely nobody probably has a sense to do this you know two-year statute of limitations that they're arguing for is insane
1: it speaks to where we are as a society when a professional sports franchise whom endangered the mental well-being and physical well-being of up to if not more than seven individuals because of their callous malicious and indifferent behavior towards sexual assault Mm -hmm. Can hide behind legalities. I'm still hopeful that the moral court weighs out here mm-hmm. and wins, and these people lose their jobs. But it's looking like legally there might need to be some different uh, approaches from from the victims in this case.
0: They're definitely being put in a tough position, and we're at a stage in the case where the Blackhawks have sort of successfully punched back in a way. It seems what's tough about these motions to dismiss is they come prior to most of discovery. So the victim's lawyer, Susan Loggins, has tons of requests for documents. She's made 31 motions for documents and this includes meeting records. She's planning to depose four team employees, planning to send out subpoenas for current and former employees and get communications between the team and the Players Association because the Players Association was also non-responsive to this player's plight in their time of need. She's also said that her players aren't going to participate in the Blackhawks investigation uh, because it's not truly independent. But we might never get to see these discovery documents if both of these motions to dismiss are successful. I think that maybe one of them might be and one of them won't be, and we maybe get to discovery in the John Doe 1 suit, but that's just a guess.
1: Yeah, the John Doe 2 suit seems to, and we are not lawyers at all, but no. it does seem to hinge on whether or not an actual document for that position of volunteer hockey coach in Hoden, Michigan was never right. kind of given.
0: And it seems maybe unlikely because he did jump around... To several other jobs, one for USA Hockey Women's, yeah, for the women's hockey team for USA Hockey and at Miami of Ohio, which now has uncovered a second victim that he harassed. Though he was kind of sent off the team after a four month stint under suspicion of unwanted touching and grooming of a, a player, neither of these players took the process very far and so it kind of died on the vine in terms of an investigation and uh he was never charged uh the player second player declined to make a statement to the police even though the team was indicating to him that they would be supportive um and unfortunately you know this parallels so many other of these types of issues in hockey and in the rest of society where these predators are almost caught but they escape by virtue of people thinking that they might not abuse again and they just want it to go away and they don't want to rehash trauma in a legal system that a lot of us just don't really trust so it's hard to say exactly how culpable the team is for not going to the police for you know what is an adult and and you know that that is a legal argument uh that that they're making that the the adult has to Positions. yeah has to make their own decisions, but they also had highly paid professionals telling this adult that it was their fault and gaslighting them into silence, and that's a through thread we see with a lot of these similar incidents too. Is the people in power do all they can to maintain the status quo, which is them in power and making decisions and you know everyone else kind of has to pay the consequences so yeah whether or not the blackhawks are found legally culpable whether they settle how much they settle for yeah hopefully the morality of the situation is what it's judged upon and stan bowman is gone mcdonough's gone and you know maybe mark bergevin and and uh Chelde dayoff you know have to answer for them too um an advocacy group called army of survivors which was founded in the wake of the larry nasser scandal around usa gymnastics uh has officially called upon the u.s olympic committee to suspend stan bowman from his position as gm of the 22 or uh, yeah the 2022 team usa men's hockey team pending the outcome of this investigation um And, you know, I have zero confidence in Stan Bowman's kind of moral compass at this point. So, you know, I would like to see him step down from his position as GM at the Blackhawks. And it sucks because Stan seemed to be doing, you know, an okay job in this kind of weird middling rebuild that the Blackhawks have been doing, mostly on the back of being able to draft Kirby Dock out of some sheer luck. Um, But. Yeah, I he needs to go i mean they whether or not they are legally culpable or civilly culpable um we need a new leadership in chicago that hasn't harbored a sexual predator and decided against the wishes of a team official that they go to the police
1: has um has stan bowman said anything no. As of yet. So we're getting the Digit Murphy treatment from Absolutely. Stan Bowman here.
0: You know, it's. You kind like, of understand, you know, it, that he probably can't say something and shouldn't, you know, for his own well-being. But from our, where we sit, that is incredibly
1: damaging. And uh, even having a. I have no comment on a pending legislative uh, investigation investigation even acknowledging that it exists and is ongoing is better than just like sitting up on your high horse that you were given as a gift through being the greatest hockey coach of all times kid the silence i would rather hear him come out and say this never happened and all of this is false and fabricated than hear him not say anything like I, the silence is even is feels even more damning
0: yeah the silence in this entire scenario has been deafening from the NHL to the Blackhawks and now to Ron McClain, who uh, made the decision in his sort of annual interview of Gary Bettman not to ask him about one of the top things that fans are concerned about these days, which is the Blackhawks investigation. He caught a lot of pushback for not asking about it because most of the time he's not afraid to ask tough questions. That's, is he not? That's what he built his career on was the right. tough questions. And I mean, Gary Bettman kind of sucks at answering tough questions, but Ron's asked him some tough stuff before yet pulled up this time when it was probably prudent to ask about the Chicago Blackhawk situation. And he says it was his call to the pushback. He said, you know, he made the decision not to ask the question. It wasn't something handed down from above. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't off limits, he said, but similar to like what happens with the EPA and and lobbyists, like there's been a sort of recapture of the media around the NHL in that rights holders are very afraid to really you know dig in and be critical of this league because they've done such an amazing yeah job of like dangling this huge carrot and all the reporters have kind of just become beholden to the league. And that's how you get, you know, softball interviews and no hard hitting questions about the most pertinent question of the day.
1: Yeah. It's like Gary, Hey, Mr. I mean, Mr. Bettman. um, So we're going to ask you, you know, you're the commissioner commissioner of the NHL, the number one hockey league in the world. And, you know, there are significant questions we could ask you about the sport of hockey hockey culture what's going on in your league this sexual assault case against one of your flagship franchises Mm -hmm. but what are your favorite moisturizers (laughs) and if you don't have one that's okay we'll make up we'll make it up as we go i prefer fatback personally but you know whatever whatever you're doing gary you look great gary bettman's such a shithead i bet he loves saint ives (laughs) puts on the lotion that makes you drier yeah right
0: yeah, this entire situation with the Ron McLean interview just kind of speaks to the deafening silence around all of these issues pertaining to sexual assault, sexual harassment, sexual abuse. You know, time and time again, there's so many people that just aren't willing to stick their neck out and say the right thing and do the right thing. And it's just a huge bummer that, you know, we can't have frank conversations about this because of all the legal and financial implications for some very thin skinned rich men.
1: Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid they be a little bit less rich. Right. Yeah. It's, speaking of the media, the hockey media, <laughs> and it's, um, let's just say failure to read the room, <laughs> inability to see anything clearly. <laughs> our newest, rights partner with the league, ESPN, or the new major partner for the league, they have the ESPYs and nobody still that's still a thing nobody cares about them nobody watches them nobody gives i don't even know if it was aired this year it might have just been like a web series they did (laughs) i don't know Uh, it went
0: straight to dvd
1: i mean espn's got their own problems with the rachel nichols maria taylor thing going on yeah which Um, is
0: also madness and i encourage anyone to that hasn't heard about what's going on with that
1: to dig into that we will not be going there no what we will be talking about is that the ESPYs, ESPN's flagship awards, the excellence in sports performance yearly. <clears throat> One of my nephews has a, we got them a game for their birthday called Silly Poopy. And it's hide and seek. And you, it's ma- the thing you seek is a turd. And oh. it's rainbow colored. And you wow. hit this button to start the game. And when you find it, you hit the button again and it farts for you. <laughs> And the cool thing about this game is that when you're playing it, like it'll say, cause it's meant for little kids. Mm-hmm. It'll be like, Oh, and like, like I'm over here. It'll like make noises if it takes <laughs> long enough for the child to find it. So they like continue to stay engaged and whatnot. Um, but when you find it, you hit this button and it farts and does a little song and you, the kids do a little dance with silly poopy. And that's what, the SB's giving patrick kane the best player in the nhl award is is a silly poopy
0: <laughs> yeah it, you know he's not even the best player on his own team anymore like
1: uh yes he is alex to had had alex brinkett had a better, better season but patrick kane is still the best player on his team eh, maybe if we give alex to a couple more years sure but no like and I, I'm a big fan of Alex Dupree. He's a Michigan kid, mm-hmm. like he's or he's a Detroit kid. Like, love him, but no, he's not better than Patrick Kane as a hockey player right now. Um,
0: but apparently, this was a, a fan vote award for the ESPYS. So, like, that just sort of speaks to how clueless like ESPN's fans are after the <laughs> channel has been devoid of hockey for yeah, the last like t- uh, ten
1: years. I know that name from somewhere. Turns yeah. out it was a rape case. But like, <laughs> um, like I recognize that name. Hit that button. And like, so right. that's how Patrick King got this award was like a bunch of people like who don't know anything about hockey voting about hockey. Also, a
0: bunch of Chicagoans probably spammed the award because they were told like, hey, press this button. A free Italian beef will come out. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> and some sass uh, Well, that's like the same way you got... Jacob Slavin as the Lady Bing, Mm -hmm. you know, because People who don't know anything about awards and hockey voted. I was the Professional Hockey Writers Association. My bad. Um, that was sarcasm for those yes, that didn't catch that. It. Is sarcasm. Uh, <laughs> if they aren't catching the fact that two thirds of the things that come out of my mouth are sarcasm at this point, they're probably at the wrong podcast.
0: Well, I was. I I'm, had to like kind of do the math myself. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, he's joking.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, don't stop listening to us. We really appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> 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 um, we're. Uh, <laughs> yeah the like this fan vote like i don't know if it was really a fan vote or if that's just espn saying oh wow we really screwed the bitch on this (laughs) one and we just bought the rights to hockey for seven years um it was a fan vote (laughs) look over here look at the shiny dollar look at the shiny dollar look at the shiny dollar kick the results out yeah
0: (laughs) and my best guess patrick kane is maybe like the 12th best hockey player right now uh he's top 20 for sure Yes, i think maybe top 15 maybe top yeah. one no it's Connor mcdavid like yes. Connor mcjesus won the mvp of the nhl in unanimous fashion this year he had
1: 49 more points than patrick kane this year 49 49 in 56 games yes like uh so he had yeah. almost a point per game more than patrick kane this year right
0: he's better <laughs> and uh but he's canadian and lives in edmonton
1: so he doesn't exist yeah Except for the fact that he's the best player on the fucking planet right now. And like there's like it's like Conrick David and then there's like four dudes who are like in the next group. Yeah. Who are phenomenal hockey players but aren't even on that level. No. Like and one of them might be Sidney Crosby and like the former like best hockey player in the world. So yeah, that's true. So yeah, uh, ESPN I want to say you're better than this, but early evidence suggests you're not. Um, <laughs> we'll see when hockey coverage starts next year. Uh, I love that ESPN put out like, this is our our diverse ESPN team mm-hmm. and there's two black guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- uh, the three uh, one black woman the three or yeah two black people i should say sorry two black people um the three latinx folks are on the espn deportes coverage Mm -hmm. um and then there's like six women which is great um but they're all white except for blake bolden and it's like diverse yeah i mean you you nailed it we got barry melrose though (laughs)
0: Is he even good anymore? No, was he <laughs> okay. ever? That's what I was. Like, he entertaining?
1: Uh, it's like he was. It's like he was like a worse dressed, lamer Don Cherry. Yeah,
0: he was. He was diet Don Cherry for ESPN for a long yeah, time, with and, his and now he's kind of like mullet, stuck in the middle now between you know old hockey, new hockey. Like, did I see any sort of like analytics people on that list? No, I like you know that's kind of where hockey's going hockey they, coverage is going like
1: is espn going to drop that ball uh espn's uh chief or the person who is in charge of this as said is on the record of saying that they want to move towards a more analytics driven coverage uh they do the same for uh, their baseball coverage, mm-hmm. and uh, they which own is a highly analytics-driven comp- uh, based sport, they so. own sports science. Is that right? Sports science, and I think there's another one that yeah. they own that is like their mega stats, like Elias Stats Bureau or something like but that. But it's
0: it's about kind of bringing this all online. Yes, and I'm sure it'll be a process and whatnot. But uh, starting with naming Patrick Kane your best hockey man is. Uh, kind of funny
1: and a little curious step two is forcing in games that they are televising one person to shoot a knuckle puck every game (laughs) and in the build-up for it they'll play like a soundbite that says it's knuckle puck time from like russ tyler (laughs) it's gonna be great
0: you know who's not gonna be shooting a knuckle puck in st louis next year is vladimir tarasenko Uh, uh He reportedly wants out, doesn't like listening to the blues anymore.
1: Who's who doesn't like listening to the blues? Happy people. Well, guess what? (laughs) There fucking aren't any of those. So this is great. Apparently, uh, he got some bad medical
0: opinions from their team doctor about his uh, injuries that he's been dealing with the past couple of years. And so uh, he had, I think it was two surgeries and then another surgery that like corrected these two prior surgeries. So he just doesn't trust kind of the team and the training staff and the the doctors and has kind of, it's a relationships thing. They have lost him, but you know, he adds to the list of stars that ostensibly are going to change hands this off season in theory, in very quick, you know, the quickest off season that will ever happen in hockey. Shit's going to hit the fan in the next week before the expansion draft. And then, between the expansion draft and the regular draft and then the regular draft it's gonna be this weird off-season hockey christmas but also yeah the journalists and those of us pretending to be journalists are going to be taxed
1: as a as a red wings fan this becomes my favorite part of the year now oh yeah yeah before with ken holland it was just like oh what is oh he's gonna draft michael rasmussen cool but now we got stevie y so it's like "Eh, all right yeah yeah sorry Steve Iserman, GM of the Detroit Red Wings and best hockey player of all time. <laughs> if ever there was a time to make it difficult to trade your stars, it would be flat salary cap time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Tarasenko makes seven and a half million, I think, per year. Like, that's not easy to trade right now. No. So it's going to take some clever work by, uh, was it Doug Armstrong is the the GM in yes. St. Louis and whatever willing partner he makes, probably Ken Holland. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it it. I guess it all depends on his price. You know, the salary is one thing. Also, Tarasenko's not made it through the last couple of seasons. He had he was pretty consistent with like thirty goals, and the past couple of seasons he's had like
1: he has seven goals. Th- in yeah, the it was last three two years. and four
0: seasons. Uh, but you know that's really d- injuries, and then. And, and fairly catastrophic injuries. And him taking time to get back into, you know, good playing shape from those is relatively predictable. This is sort of a divorce. Like, this is on the scale of Eichel leaving Buffalo in a way. Tarasenko was the heart and soul of this team for a long time. So, you know, I kind of feel bad for Blues fans, but the team simply mishandled his his injuries. And, like, I feel for the guy and hope he can find a good, trade partner and and landing spot. I mean, who knows, who knows where the heck he will be? (laughs) Cause that's, yeah, it's a little bit of an albatross of a contract that is not an attractive contract to bring on. And it's not a very attractive player from output or age or injury history, unless you're really willing to take a chance. So, you know, maybe he sits for a while and maybe then somebody gets him at a kind of bargain deal if he goes to tampa bay
1: holy fuck <laughs> for like three million a year yeah that would be well that they yeah i mean they can only keep like something like 50 percent of it but still
0: sure but like you know are they going to become the patriots of the nhl and just take everybody's also Rans and turn them into stars year after year <laughs> like i don't know
1: well he also has a full no trade clause
0: right so he's got control he's got to want to go where he's going but yeah. If you have a full no trade clause and then you ask for a trade, like,
1: yeah, it's like trade me also only where I want to go, which is why you never give out no trade clauses, yeah. <laughs> no eight year deals and no, no trade clauses.
0: Yeah. So I'm going to skip ahead then. But speaking uh,
1: of Russians.
0: Yeah. Speaking of Russians, Kapril Kaprizov uh, has reportedly turned down an offered eight year deal at $9.9 million average. Uh, from the Minnesota wild in search of a long, a uh, shorter deal that will allow him to hit the market and maybe get into the double digit contracts in the prime of his career.
1: You know, I see both sides here, you know, Minnesota bided their time, uh, finally got him over here, got one year out of him. Mm-hmm. He wins the Calder in, blows up in spectacular fashion. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's thinking he's a 10 million dollar guy which he's not not right now
0: no probably not yet
1: i think he could i think be. nine is actually a lot of money nine is a uh, ton of money for and a guy who has one year in the league um and as is eight years if i'm the wild to be perfectly honest i'm saying you know what a five-year deal might not be so bad He's 24, that gets him to 29. He wants a a three year deal, he's not going to get a three year deal. And but the wild aren't going to get an eight year deal. You Mm -hmm. sign him to a five year deal that gets him to like 29, 30. Like, like, yeah, let him go at that point, okay? Mm -hmm. Like, you got six years out of the guy, and he's 30 now, and he can go get his deal later. Like, if somebody wants to pay him 10 million dollars a year at 30 years old, if he's earned it at that point, cool, yeah. If he can stay you know, relatively healthy
0: between now and then and kind of keep tracking along his player growth trajectory, like baby's growth chart, um, he probably could be a 10 or $11 million player when he's 28 or 29. So, you know, this is all kind of interesting posturing and a really weird situation because he's like off fishing in Russia. A funny bit in the kind of... Injury release post Stanley Cup final that I wanted to talk about is Jeff Petrie and his bloodshot eyes. Um, Everyone made jokes, and you know, the fact that the red team acquired like three obviously bloodied players in the course of the Stanley Cup made for lots of hilarious blood magic and witchery jokes. But apparently, Jeff Petrie dealt with that all because of his broken pinky
1: and um i know when i break my pinky the first thing i think is oh i hope i don't get bloodshot eyes out of this
0: i just like reflexively like snapped my pinky (laughs) and i like
1: just did a a little knuckle crack
0: right yeah every time you talk about broken fingers you have to like crack your knuckles that them's the
1: rules and and shake it off You're like,
0: (laughs) shake it off
1: uh Uh, we cannot start talking about taylor swift like i i won't (laughs) be able to stop so please move on Right now.
0: But the insanity with Jeff Petrie is the bloodshot eyes came from resetting the broken pinky and the fact that he just like clenched up so hard that he blew gaskets in his eyes like <laughs> he actually, uh, you know, popped blood vessels in his eyes from pain like that's some hardcore
1: shit. And then continued to play hockey which requires your hands like that's so the most insane injury story, I think coming out of the playoffs was that Mm -hmm. Alex Kalorn got a steel rod put in his leg and was like hoping to play if they went to game six.
0: Yeah. They just after uh, breaking it in game two, they, they tested it and just drilled the rod straight into a skate
1: and, you know, just surgically attached a skate to his leg. It's not even steel. It's just rebar. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like, so, you know, like this is this goes above and beyond like LeBron getting carried off the courts, the court crying with cramps like this is like this is some insane shit like and to the point where it's kind of unhealthy that we put this expectation on hockey players like it is. You it- shouldn't be like when Alex that came out about Alex Kalorn, he was like, yeah, I was hoping to play in game six of quit, and he was skating around the ice like with the cup afterwards. It's like. No, like the <laughs> you're hurting the expectation me. should be you have a broken leg. You're going to sit this one out, bud. Yeah, like,
0: watching him hurt.
1: Yeah. So let's um, let's just like maybe like put the manliness away just a little bit. Like, yeah. I mean, we we understand you're in a place you're in a sport where it's allowed for you to get punched in the face. We get it. You're, <laughs> you're tough. Like, I I, I understand. You don't need to prove it.
0: I kind of like in the media that people are criticizing players for playing through ridiculous injuries more and more. Like, no, you actually don't have to do this. No, you actually don't have to do this. Like, that is a drum that has gotten louder and louder, it seems like, every year.
1: Yeah, it's like, your bro code is stupid.
0: Yeah, it it kind of is. I mean, yeah, generally, you know, doctors try and triage these injuries into, like, are you going to further injure yourself and and jeopardize your livelihood versus can you just play through immense amounts of pain? Um, But I'm sure that on some level, these guys aren't getting the right information. These all
1: the time, like it's one thing to be like, Oh, I have a sprained ankle. This is going to suck, but I can gut it out. It's another thing for your leg to be broken. You know what they do? If your leg breaks and you're a horse, (laughs) <laughs> yeah like you don't need to play on it all right like just you, you we don't need a sport to be this fucking insanely bro like it's okay like to be injured and say you're injured the kraken have decided to go on a grand tour of washington to play their preseason games which i personally think is awesome
0: yeah i think it's really cool Tour. i call it Tour lay old barnes <laughs>
1: you know the, like the red wings do a bunch of games up in traverse city every year oh do they yeah okay when they hold their prospects camp all that stuff up there but the
0: Blackhawks only ever play at notre dame and
1: outside which says so much about that fucking franchise <laughs> anyways <laughs> chicago hockey team bullshit anyways uh so this is a really cool idea like a novel idea like going out to these like what are basically whl arenas uh, mm-hmm. throughout the state and you know playing games you know it's not like they really need to drum up a fan base so much like if they're already washington's team like you know all this but like the fact that they're going out to like spokane is on the very far eastern edge of mm-hmm. of washington and going out there to play a game with nhlers against other nhlers that's awesome like i'm thrilled by this and I hope it becomes something that teams do in general, like, or just like, go play a game at your AHL team's barn. Like, that's cool. That
0: like, is cool. I kind of wish it was like old school barnstorming. Like, it, from the flu- it. no, no, I on train, train only. And, oh. you know, tons of cigars and alcohol everywhere. And it was NHLers playing like the best amateurs you have.
1: In the area it's so like mystery alaska
0: yeah i mean that's what barnstorming used to be it was like babe ruth would just like go and clean up across the fucking nation playing whatever team had the wherewithal to play babe ruth that day Let's bring it back yeah i think that would be hilarious i mean that's also kind of uh what's the league in minnesota called the uh, B- buttes league or no no um the the off-season nhlers plus friends and college kids an unofficial league. Shady Grove? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, it's got some obnoxious hockeyism name.
1: Oh, I'm. my joke was supposed to be Bohemian Grove. Sorry. Yeah, you
0: got it. I, uh, I, I, I knew what you were referring to. No, yeah, but... Bohemian I'm, Grove is always good for a good joke. Now I have to
1: cut this whole shit. Then. Uh,
0: but as you pointed out, the Kraken will play their first preseason game in uh, Spokane, Washington versus Vancouver Canucks on September
1: 26th. Yeah, it's super cool, by the way. I to find Bohemian Grove, I googled rich white people grove. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Isn't there this whole like homoerotic angle to Bohemian Grove too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like that was I how mean, J. Edgar Hoover like I've seen put True it over detective on. too, so you know that <laughs> shit's going on. The Kraken are gonna play in Kent and Everett outside of Seattle, and then in October Open at home at their climate pledge arena, which is by Amazon.
1: Uh in October. Jeff Bezos Memorial Arena when he doesn't <laughs> make it back from space. Well, that's uh
0: that's how he's laundering the billions that you know he says are fight fighting climate change. Like it's just this arena. Yeah. He's uh, built an arena. No, he rehabbed, <laughs> rehabbed the yeah. arena. Rehabbed the key arena. Yeah.
1: Eat the rich. <laughs> I can't wait to figure out how tasty Jeff Bezos is. Find us on Amazon podcast.
0: <laughs> Kraken tickets go on sale at noon on July 16th.
1: Now, I, I'm thrilled that the Kraken are coming in. It's going to be an outstanding experience. If Vegas is any... And I'm not talking about like the success Vegas has had, but just like the atmosphere and the vibe of the team, right? Outside of their social media, which is like <laughs> kind of meh.
0: Like, the the vibe of the the Vegas, like I don't think you can recreate that in, in Seattle,
1: right? No, no, like it's it's going to be a very different climate, shall we say? Ah, uh, I see what you did there. That works on so many levels. Yeah, um, but it's. I hope that like the excitement and the you know this like the veracity of the fans in Seattle, you know, echoes that. Like the the loudness. Like Vegas has already has one of the loudest barns in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And it would be incredible if Seattle could kind of replicate that.
0: I hope that Seattle doesn't replicate their ticket prices, though, because the ticket it's prices are even in, worse. The ticket prices in Vegas are ridiculous. I mean, I I don't know. I, I like our uh the what about
1: don't. what about seattle says this will be cheap Ugh, okay. or affordable you're right you're it's like right it's like san francisco north so yeah it's it'll be pretty fucking wild to see hockey in seattle in the pacific northwest that is nhl level and we'll be up there at some point we'll come back with a report that says well this would be cooler if it was in portland but uh <laughs> But I think, other than that,
0: Winterhawks games made me
1: sad. Now, no, (laughs) Uh, this is uh, this is a perfect time to end this shit. But
0: yeah, I'm super stoked too. Like, I would love to meet Chanel, like their uh, diversity uh, director. Yeah, you know, I've had some interactions with her online, and would love to meet. I mean, one of the more original hires in what the NHL, you know, what the newest NHL franchise is trying to trailblaze in terms of, uh, you know, accessibility and uh, interest from different groups. Like I'm just 100% all around stoked for the Kraken. You know, if Chicago continues to p- piss me off, like I'll just change my fandom and change, you know, call the, fandom register and have it transferred it'll be much easier to
1: be your friend if you're a Kraken
0: fan (laughs) so we could both talk shit about the (laughs) blackhawks yeah
1: i mean mean, to be fair we both already talk shit about the blackhawks but at least it won't hurt you thanks for listening to us everybody uh last week i just bumbled through the end of the episode so i'm just gonna say thanks for listening to us we really appreciate it if you are listening to us on like apple or spotify or any place that allows you to follow or download or you know subscribe or give us a review or give us a review please do so that would be incredible it's super helpful for us Uh, you can find us all over the internets Uh, we are at handsomehockey.com as our website handsome hockey podcast on instagram at handsome hockey on twitter or you can email us any comments complaints concerns praise i mean that's less likely but if you have any <laughs> uh to at Hans- or handsome hockey pod at gmail dot com you can also find us at our facebook page it's just handsome hockey
0: obviously you're listening to us somewhere but uh we're on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts amazon podcasts stitcher TuneIn, overcast red circle and youtube
1: thanks for listening everybody and stay handsome
0: <laughs> resté beau tout le monde.